Hello, I'm Bastian. I have been building up companies for the last 10 years, mainly in the area of medtech, and I'm co-founder of Flynn, responsible for sales and finance. Hi, I'm Marcus, and I spent my last 10 years mostly in product management in companies such as N26. And in Flynn, I'm co-founder for topics around product and people. Flynn is a VC-funded early-stage company. Our software helps medtech companies to automate their quality and regulatory affairs processes. And in this podcast, we want to candidly share our lessons learned while building Flynn from the ground up. In this episode, we want to look back and reflect on the last 12 months. Because 12 months ago, we started this podcast, we started this company. And we want to look back and think through what have been our goals last year for the first 12 months. Have we achieved them? What have we not achieved? What were our biggest learnings, surprises, highlights, and lowlights? And what are our goals for the next year? So join us on that journey of reflection. And we are curious. Time flies by so, so fast. A year ago, in December 2022, we were sitting here. Our third co-founder just joined. We just closed our first funding round. And we're thinking, okay, what, what's the goal for the first year? And now we want to look back a little bit into that year and how things have changed and what we have achieved. And my first question to you, Bastian, is that maybe you can share a little bit with us in December 2022, what was our goal? What wanted, did we want to achieve by the day as of today, like end of December 23? Yeah, Marcus, I'm happily looking back to this moment that, that we really took the time at the end of last year to think very much about how, what would be meaningful goals, what would be outcomes that we could achieve in this year that would really help us to be on track of our path to grow this company to the next level. And our investors and business agents have also been valuable sparring partners in that moment. And our goals that we set, this were basically four main goals. First of all, we really wanted to hire a AAA team of quite senior early employees because we were only the three of us at the time. Secondly, We really wanted to bring a product to the market, to have an official launch of a product, not just a beta launch, really official launch. Third, building up a significant sales funnel and also having already first deals closed and signed with customers. And another kind of side goal here that, that was strategically of importance for the company, securing a significant governmental grant for this company as we are doing really impactful research and, and really state-of-the-art research in the field of AI application. So these were, in my observation, the four main goals that we set. Yes, and these four goals are for most early stage startups, actually a key priority. Hiring a team is essential for everyone. Building and launching a first product is, of course, like the core of the whole thing. Commercial traction can look different, whether you're B2B, B2C, but for most software as a service companies, it's really around creating some first annual recurring revenue. B2C can be different depending on the business model. And then... Securing additional funding, particularly in times like this, can be really a game changer if we get sources of non-dilutive additional funds and might not be the top prior from, for all companies, but it's definitely a great opportunity to add on. These goals, they were remaining pretty, pretty straight like they were over the year. So I think this is probably the payoff that it was really outcome oriented. And these are the outcomes you need to grow to the next level as a company, right? So, of course, all this is a minor strategies to adopt, 
But on the high-level goals, like with also tracking our OKRs that we break down to quarter, and and you can listen in our podcast about OKRs about, uh, like we really kind of kept them going as they continue to be meaningful, even though we validated them on the way. Yes, I agree that in order to have goals that do not change a lot and are really steady and, and meaningful, you need good routines, you need clear outcome-driven goals. However, one more perspective I want to add is to work backwards and to have a more longer-term goal that you also have manifested in the company. And so for us, this is what we call the mission OKR. Some might call it a North Star, some might use both. But we have basically a 12 to 18-month rolling goal that at the point when we raised our pre-seed round, we were basically sitting together with investors, advisors, and thought about, okay, what do we need to achieve in the coming one to two years in order to be ready to raise a seed round and accelerate our growth further? And one of the essential aspects of this was that we have to get to 200,000 euro in annual recurring revenue. And then we were taking this number and working backwards and said, okay, what do we need to do in terms of the people side, product side, sales side to actually achieve this goal and what could be realistic in this quarter and the next quarter. And as we are getting closer towards this goal, we basically update it and go and look at the next stage, which is then towards more of a series A goal. So we always have a, a longer term perspective and then the quarterly perspective. And then of course, the vision mission as a very long term perspective. And maybe now, Basi, maybe you want to talk a little bit about what have we achieved and not achieved out of those like four categories or four goals that you mentioned? So looking first to the employee section, I, I think this is really something we are very proud on, the level of people that we could motivate to work together with us in this company. And we are having now kind of uh, seeing the benefits of having such a strong team because hiring further people gets even better because good people want to work with other good people. And if you have a critical mass of great talents and, and uh, experienced uh, people together, this can be also a combination with the right culture, kind of a really, really machine in, in recruiting, right? So very happy on that. I think I can, can clearly say that goal, I would make a check mark. we have achieved it. And how about the product and business side? How would you reflect on this? I, I totally agree. I think it was our very first and top prior in the beginning. You say, okay, now we the first thing we need is like a great team, diversify our skills, bring a few more people on board. But okay, like I agree, we exceed on that. How about the other side, product and business side? I mean, to take the outcome bit way up front is like uh, the two of us often said like uh, this year was almost too good to be true right like so a lot of the things uh, went very well like we are really happy that this could work like that i mean it's never never set in stone how a startup journey will start and will continue and what what we definitely achieved is we launched our first product it's in the market we have happy customers for this product and we also built up a very very strong sales funnel out of which we are continuously converting further customers to the product what we may be comparing it with the, the end of last year, we are maybe a little bit slower on the product roadmap, expected to have kind of the beta for the second uh, product already in the market, at least the testing stage. However, there were some actually uh, learnings we had on the first product. The traction on the first product was even better than expected and the product could become even more advanced. Than, than we expected it to. Like this is, of course, learnings you do in the field and you have slightly to adopt to that. Therefore, like I, I feel positive that we invested a bit more in the first product and extended it a bit 
more that it's also more significant average contract values that we can generate and, and the more value that we can bring to the customer. But this is maybe a little detail that I would mention there in comparison to our initial roadmap that we had, where we wanted to have potentially even a second product that at least the customer in beta test. And that is a good point because our number one goal around product was to have a product where customers really are excited about the product. Say, okay, I clearly see the value. And that was more important for us than just go and build a second product. And we are first, we're very happy about the net promoter score we have achieved, which is out of 14 or 15 customers, we have an 89 points in net promoter score. And I think that was a very important first metric, first indicator of product market fit. Of course, there's so many metrics to measure product market fit in itself. So that's why we invested more there. And to be honest, I think we have way more customers than we ever expected. We thought we we're going to have a very small set of customers that we build this product with. So we have a broader set, which helped us to also make the product ready for a bit of a broader group than we initially thought. There was one, like we did a lot of research and we anticipated a lot of things. There was one, let's say, bigger feature that we didn't see during the research. For one specific database, there were additional requirements and additional kind of big set of features that we were only able to uncover with really seeing users using that. And that cost, that was like an additional investment of a, of a few weeks. But that's always what happens. And I think that's the natural thing of being adaptable in that market. And the reason why we even wanted to have a second product ready for beta testing end of this year was that we want to show, or one of the key things for, for SeedRound is to show some first upselling that we are able to convert customer a second time and like give them a second product, show that they have been so happy with product number one that they actually buy product number two as well. But the good thing I think is that we were able to even sell product two without having product two. And I think that was enough of a validation for us because we had a few customers who said, hey, based on your click dummies and prototypes that you showed us and based on the performance of your first product, we are happy to commit to product two. And that was kind of giving us a certainty to say we want to invest a little bit more into product one, really making sure customers are happy before jumping too early on product two, which I see many, many times with companies. Maybe a little kind of reason behind why is this upselling so important? So, of course, also a lot about signals from the markets, uh, about customer signals, right, that the investors in the next round want to see. And usually in the time you raise a seed after a pre-seed, often you cannot really look into churn rate, for example, on a broad scale, because maybe a lot, many of the customers are not even yet on a one-year contract, for example, yet and the contract might be longer than a year. So this is a very good sign, okay, the customers seem quite happy to beyond the first product work with you and mean they will probably also not quit your first product, but it's the sum of the signals that can be very powerful for you as a pre-seed company. Therefore, like we, we were quite strategic about it, right? Looked into this very strategically. So we can also recommend that one. And how about, I think, goal number four, which was around additional funding? How do you reflect on that one, Basen? Yeah, like there was another opportunity that we were seeing, like doing some very impactful work in the healthcare industry. And they're also really on the edge of innovation, implementing big data science, AI topics into this industry. And we saw the big upside of governmental grants. And we are very honored and excited to were selected for a really competitive grant, the FFG instrument from the Austrian state. And this will definitely help a lot to become really the leading player in the research of AI application for that field. So very thankful, very honored and happy that we could achieve this significant funding volume that can be up to 2 million over the next three years coming into this 
company. If we now reflect a bit more personally, because we talked about the, the goals of the company and what we have achieved, how, Basi, would you say, what are your highlights and lowlights personally when you think back for the last 12 months? So definitely there is quite some, some highlight for me in the area of customer satisfaction. So like I'm really, really positively surprised in what a short time we achieved this kind of customer involvement and customer happiness. I had a very special experience in the last week when I was kind of making a proposal to the department head of, of our customers. And he told me, we have now tested your product with six of my employees and I've never had this situation before that all the six of them told me straight they want to have this product, right? Like this was a really, really special moment for me to get this positive feedback. And he said, they will be very sad if I don't make it through the top management for the budget decision for this model, right? So this, these are very, very good early signals and exciting moment to experience this in the kind of year. I, I really appreciate it. Of course, there are always lowlights. And one, on the, I, I will say here on the customer side, for an example, in one of our very close partners in the beta that we were closely collaborating with, and I would say probably feeling close to commercialization, the head of the department left the company. And so at the moment, the negotiations are a bit stuck. The whole company is a bit stuck in that field. And we could see like, It's very important. I recommend the also to you out, out there. Like don't kind of like you have always to leverage a bit on several options in the market. You cannot rely on one option. This can, can be very dangerous for you. And when you think about surprises, what was like something that you did not expect? For me, I would say there are two, two surprises, right? Like positive surprises. The one is the level of employees we were able to hire. Like I'm really, really happy that we could get so many experienced and so many like-minded people on board that trusted us in this early phase of the company and joined us and even leave very reputable jobs behind to join this early stage. So the level of entrepreneurship and the level of employees, this is really amazing for me. And on the other side, I'm also very positive surprised in the way to get engaged with new clients, right? Like it's really a kind of a cold calling, cold outreach we facilitating at that stage. And I'm really positively surprised on the conversion rates and level of uh, interest that we're getting to these customers. So yeah, maybe Marcus, let's turn this question also a little bit around. Would also be very curious, what were your special personal highlights, lowlights? And also, yeah, let's, let's look into this. I would say two highlights. First, on the people side, as you mentioned, I think, was a highlight for me to kind of every time we signed one of our team members, I was absolutely excited. And we had three amazing offsites. They were personally my absolute highlights of the year. And wonderful locations, great activities, such a good teamwork. Just to see that level of engagement and the level of collaborative product discovery work, that's just I'm very, very happy. We Before we even had the idea for our business, we were sitting down and thinking about ah, what should be the culture and the principles and values for a company. And I'm so happy that to say that it feels we have established what we wanted to do. And I think this would remain a big challenge to keep this level. But I'm, I'm absolutely happy about the level of people we brought to this company and basically really have a group of entrepreneurs together and doesn't it doesn't really feel like work. It's really the place of work I always wanted to build. We're never able to build this way. And that's making me happy every day. And my second highlight is definitely on the product side to see the happiness and excitement of customers. And when Stephen from our team comes back from a customer onboarding and says like it's so great to see the excitement of clients. And it's really cool to create so much value 
in an industry that I have like one and a half years ago ago I, I didn't even know that this like subset in this industry even exists and that was like for me it's really a highlight to understand and see yeah the interaction that customers have with the product and how much value we can create there while on the low light side I want to also highlight one from team and one more from product side we had unfortunately one team member who dropped out because this person had some serious health topics and that was really like I think one of the real down moments for me hearing this personally because I I really started like enjoying to work with that person but of course also it's tough for a small company losing one person that is a really senior person I think that was uh, definitely one of the low lights on the team side and the second low light is around the business development product topic where we had for our first product an essential part where we thought should we build this ourselves or get a partner on board it and you leverage the technology and knowledge of that partner and we had long negotiations tried to figure out how we make it work product wise business wise while we were building all the other elements of our product and kept this basically as the last puzzle piece and towards the very end we decided we will not do it with the partner we even started already with the first integration bits and pieces and it took us it delayed our launch timeline by two three weeks in the end it was absolutely worth it i think we got more flexibility we, we were thinking that it would take us much much longer to build these elements ourselves and it felt a bit like a low light once we decided that we will not go with the partner because we have invested so much time we've learned a lot by going through this journey about like how to do the whole thing but at the end of the day we could have anticipated this earlier we could have saved maybe the company a week or so overall. Yeah, that was, I would say, my, my second lowlight. Thanks for taking us to the highlights and lowlights of the last year. I would like to add one more question here. So what was your biggest surprise during the last year, Marcus? And also, what would you consider as the key learning in the first year of Flynn? So I'm actually surprised how fast we became really experts in an absolute narrow field i think when it comes to this governmental safety database area i think there are only very very few people in the world that have such a deep understanding in this in this realm so i'm surprised how fast we were able to all get into this field or this very subset but i'm also surprised how manual things are being done in this industry like how frequently word excel is the software they use how many hours experts phds use for copy pasting for taking screenshots for very manual tasks it's just incredible I, I, like in a world where my whole daily activities happens in, in professional software mostly and like for some edge cases i use of course a word and excel but it's what well, that was very surprising for me to see and to explore even for, for oftentimes very very large professional companies use very little software in in this area we are in And maybe last but not least, I'm surprised how passionate our whole team became about this whole topic. To be honest, Monsieur Basti first approached me and said, hey, let's maybe think about regulatory in the medical field. I thought, wow, that sounds like not the most sexy topic I'm, I'm totally passionate about. But then once we got deeper and deeper and deeper, we first, we understand the purpose that we're working on better and better and thought, okay, or realized that it's really about accessibility of, of medical products and, and health products. And second, like we really realized there are big, big issues that we can 
solve for the users, for the people. They are really appreciating our software. And that made us all, from engineers to designers to salespeople, really, really passionate about the topic. You can feel that passion. I'm, I'm surprised that we were able to create this around the topic that from the surface of yeah, looking from the outside, it doesn't look to be the, the most exciting topic on, on planet Earth. I think it's, it is definitely more on the, like the learnings I've made in the, in a medical industry. It's like, I had just no idea what it, I even had no idea what the difference between pharmaceutical products and medical products is. I thought this is just like health stuff and how much I now know about the medical industry and about all of the medical products and the supply chain in this, in this industry and what, how important quality is when I like, for example, watch some documentaries about uh, this topic. I'm surprised how impactful medical products are to so many people's life in a positive and negative way. Recently, I watched a Netflix documentation about the U.S. medical equipment manufacturers and was just shocked how many people are negatively impacted by medical products. And yeah, I think for me, it's really the industry learnings that stand out because the product management things, the company building, the recruiting, this stuff I have done two or three times before. So it's, yeah, of course, they're always small and new things, but it's not very big new learnings. Of course, there were some, I think the second big realm is of some new learnings in, in, the, in the realm of fundraising, because I've more been involved in a bit later stages usually. So that early stage, there were some new learnings and I'm very thankful for continuous sparing by our funds. How about you, Basti? What are your key learnings? So I would definitely say on the kind of personal level and skill level, uh, definitely B2B SaaS sales is quite something that I, I tried to get knee deep into and, and really understand and uh, do a lot of sparring with other founders in that space to really, really speed up my knowledge in that, uh, that new kind of new kind of vertical of selling, right? And on a more knowledge area. I'm really excited on the on my progress in in uh, even I was from the industry going deeper into the specific connections of quality management systems, the R and D tool chains, and all these kind of bigger vision that we now see so much more clearly than one year ago. How are the next steps on the roadmap, and how, what what's the processes that really are painful for the customer to solve them in in in, in a very meaningful way in the right direction? Yeah, this is my would say my two big takeaways here, and yeah, so Marcus. I think we should come to a kind of a wrap up now. So it's uh, very exciting now after we reflected this year to look also, of course, ahead to the next year. So did you make some thoughts and uh, what, what are your expectations? Let's, let's place some expectations here for the next year. So I think looking again in more the longer or midterm goal, of course, we early next year or at some point early to mid next year, planning to raise our next round to scale or just accelerate the pace we are going with. And then be looking ahead towards a Series A, which will be somewhere targeting around 2 million ARR, more towards 25. So for next year, that's kind of halfway there. So of course, one thing is scaling the team. And if everything goes according to plan, we might be around 30 people by end of next year. And I think for me, one key goal is to keep this level of quality of people, this level of personal interconnection, of great offsites, of really commitment, collaboration, like keep the level even though we triple the team. That's a very, very important thing. Then on the product side, I hope at this day, this point next year, we're going to have three products that customers pay for, that customers are really excited about, and that we we can also show that an average customer is using two to three of, of the products that we built or modules 
because these are kind of parts of a bigger product, of course. And of course, we want to be on track with our 2 million ARR towards Series A sales goal. So that's for me, I would say the obvious one. And then last but not least, I think we want to heavily invest in the AI realm to right now we do a lot of experimentation on the AI side. We have first AI features and they're great, but we really want to become and be the leader in this space for AI topics. And that's another key goal connected both product and the business side. Anything you would add to this, Bastian? My main add to this very nice summary, I'm very aligned on for next year, is that I'm really, really excited for it and I can't wait to experience it ourselves. And yeah, I would say let's open a beer for that for the next year. Yeah, I forgot actually one goal. The goal that I would love to record another 10 to 15 podcast episodes in 2024 with you and use again the opportunity to reflect and create some value. We've received really cool feedback from, from you out there. So please keep providing us feedback and input. Share the podcast with people you think who might enjoy it. And please, if you enjoy it, rate it, leave a comment. That's always very much appreciated. And then with this, I want to finish it up and wish you all the best for 2024, for your personal ambitions, for your health, for your family. Thank you. And we are happy to hear some from you.